0: Hello, I'm Nick Miller, and here we go again. Episode 5. I'm on my way to the studio. I've decided to take the riverboat again this morning, but um, on this occasion, I've gone off a few stops early. So I'm walking up past the uh, uh, City Hall and towards the South Bank and the National Theatre. And uh, it's very lovely, actually. I hadn't expected to be quite this busy. So what's happening in the the podcast this week? Well, the Prime Minister calls her Chancellor in Washington to say, would you mind coming back a day early? I've, I've got a present for you. Ooh, that's exciting. What is it? It's a P45. Of course, if you wandered into almost any shop in DC, they'd probably think a P45 was a firearm. Sure, what kind of bullets do you want with that? Two young Just Stop Oil activists threw the contents of two cans of tomato soup over Van Gogh's sunflowers. I was tempted to rush in after them and throw some lumps of crispy bread at the painting to go with the soup with my Just Stop Croutons campaign. Uh, Speaking of bread, those cheeky boys Noel Fielding and very skinny Matt Lucas who present the Great British Bake Off have got into a bit of a Mexican standoff over a sketch they did at the beginning of the show this week which involved them dressing up as Mexicans. Methinks that had they said they now identify as Mexicans, all would have been politically correct. Well, unless Trump gets re-elected, in which case they'd never get a visa. All of that, plus why I'm convinced Naomi Campbell ate my goldfish, why we should have a whip round to buy David Beckham a conscience and much more besides. All of that in this edition of The Sunday Miller. And of course, expect the unexpected with occasional interjections from the legendary voice of the Lottery Bulls, Alan Dedicote,
1: who will be saying very rude things about me, like um, like this. Nick Miller, the face for radio. The voice for a ransom demand.
0: Quasi so, Kwarteng has become the sacrificial lamb as the slaughter of this Truss's government continues apace. The now former Chancellor makes Sam Allardyce look like a long-serving England manager. Last week, my guest was Jasmine Birtles, the comedian-turned-financial journalist who mentioned that if you Google her, it tells you that she's married to Vernon Cave, uh, which must have come as something of a shock to test daily, and perhaps to Vernon himself, or did it? Uh, so I thought I'd start a few rumours myself by suggesting that Quasi Kwarteng is having an affair with footballer-turned-TV presenter Chris Kamara, just so the newspapers can use the mash-up name Kami Kwasi. In Kwasi's place comes the man probably known as Cockney rhyming slang for just about any Tory minister these days, Jeremy Hunt. Uh, the, the last time a dull, grey, alleged safe pair of hands took over at number 11, he ended up moving next door to number 10, John Major. Not only ended up shagging the economy by trying to chase the euro, but also ended up shagging Edwina Currie. I think she was a parliamentary under-secretary at the time, which lends a new meaning to the expression working under the Prime Minister. To the best of my knowledge, Jeremy Hunt hasn't shagged anything. Well, apart from the health service.
1: The Sunday Mirror: More balls than the National Lottery.
0: I mentioned in the last podcast there was a big fashion show this week in a massive Perspex bubble in the middle of the Royal Naval College in Greenwich, which turned out to be the Alexander McQueen spring collection. Imagine my disappointment when I found out it wasn't actually a collection of springs from Alexander McQueen's mattress, but hey. Anyway, the rich and allegedly famous were there. One of my daughters sent me an Instagram screen grab of someone called Hero Finds Tiffin getting out of a limo. Me neither. Apparently he's known for appearing in one of the Harry Potter films and for his starring role as Hardin Scott in the After film series. Me neither. Um, I-, I googled him and it turns out that his full name is Hero Beauregard Faulkner Fiennes Tiffin. And he is, of course, one of the Twistleton-Wickham-Fiennes family. He's got an older brother named Titan and a younger sister named Mercy, which is what none of the Twistleton-Fiennes-Wickham uh, family showed their poor children when they chose their fucking ridiculous names. Among the models wearing things that probably look like the contents of landfill tied together with rusty bike chains were Ramla Ali, Pam Clementiev, and Tiwa Savage. Me neither. A rusty bike chains, isn't it a country in Western Sydney? Anyway, there were a few celebrities in attendance that I had heard of. Janet Jackson was there. She now looks like a hedge with the remains of her plastic face pulled through it. And I'm not saying she's pale, but Michael Jackson probably looks more healthy. As for the fashion show, I was a bit put out that my invite must have been lost in the post. That's the last time I invite Naomi Campbell to one of my Tupperware parties. Truth be known, she's a bit of a liability. She drinks all the tiser, and when she thinks nobody's looking, she'll stuff all the cocktail sausages in her bag and eat the entire bowl of Munster Munch. In fact, she'll eat anything in sight. I'm sure we used to have five goldfish. And she's one of those party guests who never brings anything and then claims all the shops were shut. I was going to challenge her on Thursday morning when I saw them all disassembling the bubble, but she didn't look in the best mood. There was Naomi pulling out all the rusty nails with her teeth. Apparently, she's coming back next week to re-turf the lawn. Normally, she arrives in a roller. This time, she'll be pulling one.
1: Run for the hills. It's the Sunday Miller.
0: Fans of the Great British Bake Off may be aware that last week, there was a bit of a kerfuffle amongst the Twatterati, over a sketch at the beginning of the show involving Noel Fielding and Matt Lucas wearing ponchos and sombreros. The joke was that it was Mexican week, And Noel said it wouldn't be politically correct to do any jokes about Mexicans, to which Matt replied, what, not even Juan? Uh, This outrageous racial slur allegedly upset something called the British Mexican Society to such a degree that they must have sat around for days on end trying to think of an adjective that sufficiently summed up their outrage. Eventually they came up with irritating they branded the Channel 4 show irritating. If you're not a fan, you might think it is anyway. But I happen to enjoy it, and I enjoy the banter between that and the uh, The show was accused by some of cultural appropriation, and I, I must admit to being guilty of such a thing myself. Only the other day I was eating a Cornish pasty without actually being Cornish. In true South London terminology, politic, political correctness does my head in. I used to be a primary school governor and we were told that the kids were too young to be involved in competitive sport. And everyone was a winner and there were no losers. So I said, does that mean they all get to share their sacks in their 11 plus results? Apparently not. Um, actually, I think it's too much of an understatement these days to say that physical correctness has gone mad. It's not just mad. It's locked up in a dungeon in the basement in a straitjacket, rocking backwards and forwards and shouting in a manic shrill voice, my buttocks are made of Victoria sponge cake. You know Victoria Spongecake. she's married to the footballer, David Spongecake. more of whom a bit later.
1: The Sunday Miller
0: half an hour of your life you'll never get back. I was talking last week about setting up a Just Giving page for Jeff Bezos, the poor bloke is no longer the richest man in the world and can barely afford to feed his own ego. Uh, it got me wondering, how much money is enough? I give you David Beckham, a one-time hero of mine, as I'm a lifelong... Manchester United supporter, and yes, of course, I live in London. So stop now with your geographic jokes, OK? Beckham was there as part of our bid team 12 years ago with the 2018 and uh, 2022 World Cups were awarded to Russia and Qatar, respectively. You know those two shining examples of racial harmony and human rights. FIFA, world football's governing body, had a pretty shocking reputation before they accepted their multimillion-dollar I mean bids uh, from the competing nations. World football governance is a bit of a jungle, but rather than being run by a pride of lions, FIFA are run by a pride of lion bastards. So David Beckham was there as an ambassador for the FA and witnessed industrial-scale corruption when England lost the bid. But that hasn't stopped him accepting a contract allegedly worth 15 million quid to record promotional videos saying things like, Guitar's is a wonderful place to raise your family. Presumably as long as the children in your family are all male and none of them are homosexual. So here's an idea for the opening ceremony, Bex. Instead of inviting... Janet Jackson to miss a penalty, how about asking some of the Qataris migrant slave workforce to bungee jump off the roofs of the stadiums they built? But don't tell them they forgot the bungees. Okay, getting a little bit serious. Let's lighten the mood. If ever Bible 2 was released, it would be a beautiful book called Comedians, and the man responsible for it would be the amazing Steve Best.
1: Nick Miller, the voice of the common man. Very common.
0: My guest this week is someone who, again, I've known for some time and who I've loved a lot as a comedian. He's been on the UK club scene and abroad for many a year. But latterly he's established himself at the very top of his newfound profession by dint of a niche, which has earned him huge respect. I'm not sure if you would quite describe this as being poacher turned gamekeeper, more undercover cop because he's... Has to date photographed over a thousand comedians uh, for two photography books, Comedy Snapshot and Joker Face. And now I, I'm telling you, I've I it here, I am beyond excited to say that I have only one, one of only two advanced copies of his new book, which is a beautiful coffee table hardback with black and white photos of every famous funny person you can think of. All generally caught in off guard moments. To me, this is an absolute work of art, and it's simply called Comedians, Steve Best, Tell Me More. Oh, that's very nice introduction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like going into a twenty-minute set now. Um, so uh, that's bizarre. You described it very, very nicely. Actually, I, I, I did these two books um, a few years back, and they were really just snapshots of the circuit. And it was it was a really a lovely project because no one's done that anywhere in the world, let, you know, let alone in the UK. So it, it was just who was on the circuit as I was gigging, a little snapshot of them, and then. Um, I asked him for a one-liner joke and four or five facts. Uh, and that was it, really. And there's about 1,000 comedians. But this next one that was... I was going to call it Comedians Back to Front, which is what my exhibition is called Comedians Back to Front. So it's backstage, front to stage, which actually That's... kind of says it. Uh-huh. but But we decided just to keep it very simple because I didn't want any jokes, any any facts. I just wanted the the, the photographs to, to just be the photographs. So people could kind of look into the book a bit arty farty any way they wanted to Uh, there's a few notes at the end on some of the photographs but generally it's just a pure photographic documentation of the uk comedy circuit um which i've been shooting for the last kind of eight nine ten years or so so it's my favorite shots
0: they are beautiful i mean i was going to say that um in the case of um, joker face you've got each of your subjects subjects to add a favorite joke it's a great idea I, I love the books. I've actually bought uh, a few extra copies as presents. So, in fact, I've got a couple for you this Christmas, uh, which I'll <laughs> a nice surprise for you.
2: Very good. Um, my wife would love that. I, I bet would. Under the sofa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but you know what? That I thought those two books were so lovely. But um, I, I kind of I did it all very, uh, you know, just on, on just, there wasn't enough PR and. And they really should have sold much bigger. And I think they will, hopefully, now. On the back of this, time, this one, up. yeah, because I think they're timeless. There's not, there's, they're just jokes, and they're of the comedy circuit. So they're lovely little books, Christmas presents, whatever you know, toilet books, you know, having the toilet. But they're, they're great. Um, and if you don't like the comedian, you can tear a page
0: out and obviously <laughs> use that. Um, I see where you're going. You'd never do that with this lovely new. This is definitely not a toilet book. This is, this is no. To have on your coffee okay. table to impress the neighbours, I think. Um, as is. a sneak preview of the 135, is that 135 pictures? Is that right? It's about 135, 136. They, yeah, they, yeah. A lot of them run as, run as double spreads and they are just fabulous. But um, some of my favourites are probably, um, having had a good chance to look through, Joe Brand on stage, Robin Ince off stage, Arthur Smith having a fag, uh, of course, and, and looking like he just told someone to fuck off, which is the first thing he said to me when I first met him. Um, Lee, Matt, Jack, <laughs> she did, Jack D, I was introducing him to, uh, they said this thing when he went, oh, fuck off, um, Jack D, Doc Brown, and Bobby Davro, who looks more like an Italian fashion designer or a hitman, fantastic picture, I'd never have guessed it was him. No, I do a, a camera club talk sometimes
2: around the home counties to so some of the clubs, and, uh, and and that's one of the pictures I put up and ask anybody to guess who the comedian is, Yeah, because usually the camera clubs are full of older people, so they should know. But they don't recognise him. It's a, it's a, he's unrecognisable, really. Although, it, it, and I, I put him in there because he has tried to come back on the circuit, as yes, yeah. such, and he's kind of a very mainstream act, but trying to break break into the not so mainstream circuit. But it's, it's it is interesting because he does have his fans, but he's he's still on the side of. Being slightly is 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 sexist, misogynistic, yeah. you know that kind of is this this. But he just he sometimes plays it right, and there's other times you think, oh no, don't say that. But you know he's got a passion still. He still loves doing it.
0: That's the thing. I saw him do a gig for Alex Lowe, who was my guest a couple of weeks back, and um, yeah. he he plays on that thing. No fuckers has heard of me now, you know because yeah. they're all too young to have, to know who he is, you know. Oh, he was but massive. He was you know he was peak time, absolutely, yeah. I did um, prime, Steve, with these um, three final questions ahead of time. So I didn't want to make you feel awkward um, while you were pondering. I know uh, you wouldn't like to think after the event, I wish I'd mentioned Sid Little or somebody. Um, (laughs) Finally, firstly, of all the pictures you've taken, uh, anyone would agree, with the very best-loved comedians in the UK and elsewhere, which is your favourite? Now, I did caveat that question uh, to make it clear that I I mean your favourite picture, not necessarily your favourite comedian favorite
2: picture I, I think the one that that kind of started it off there's two really and they're both of them aren't famous comedians um, the one actually got in the 2020 it was it was uh, a shortlisted for the, the Royal Academy Academy summer exhibition 2020 was the one of Mike gun so that's through the oh, of the hammers yeah so it's I very, really I kind of, yeah it's 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 one of the portrait ones rather than you know, the 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 other side. I can't explain what it is. But no. it's, 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 yeah, the Black Curtains and Mike Gunn is on stage in front of three and a half thousand people and he's yeah, just yeah. on his own. It was called The Loner. There's one light just shining on him and I think that really on stage kind of is stand-up, isn't it? One person and a microphone yeah. in front of all those people. That's and it looks big... quite sad and lonely. <laughs>
0: it does. There's quite a big black expanse either side, but you need that because it's a small aperture in, in the middle, which is like your, your yes, your yes. And I'd up. love to. I'd love to
2: get to a stage where you have a big exhibition at the Tate or something like that, where you blow that up really big to the size yeah. of the wall, and I think yeah. that would be tremendous. Really I, tremendous. I'd problem. have that on my wall. Perhaps
0: an you know, exhibition yeah. here. Um, secondly, is there anyone um, you've not yet? Uh, managed to cajole into being caught in your lens. Is there a bucket list, and if so, who sits atop the bucket? And again, is it Sid Little? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Sid Little, alive or dead? Because <laughs> a, a, li- a, li- a living, a living person, yeah. Um, uh, I suppose just um, the, 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 I kind of thought about this, and there, there's 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 not really. Um, Many people that I haven't shot. That um, there's a few famous people I haven't got. That that um, I got McIntyre in the end, which was I wanted yeah. to get him for one of my books, but he 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 was at the uh, comedy store 40th birthday, so I got him there. Um, uh, who's the Australian guy pianist? Ah, Tim Minchin. Minchin. Yeah. I like to get him because of his face is is very photogenic and yes, his he's, yeah. his. His way he performs is very big, and I, I like all that. Um, so he's maybe one of them, actually. I mean, something yeah, I mean, like Mickey that... Gervais would be good to get. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his, his early television stuff. I'm not massive with his stand-up. I do like what he's about, really. Yeah. So I'd like to get him.
0: yeah. That's a good, that's a good call. And, and finally, uh, something that even I, with all my influence and tentacles, would find it hard to make happen, is this were, top of your christmas uh, wish list but who would be the one person you'd most like to photograph who just happens to be dead
2: happens to be dead <laughs> um i would love to have got bill hicks oh yeah um bill hicks only because i i i was although my comedy is completely not bill hicks style no, no. i think he was just unbelievably brilliant i remember decorating my house listening to his arizona bay and one of the other albums, which I thought was seminal. I think that he was such a brilliant comedian. Um, I'd love to have got him. Uh, And maybe someone as simple as, someone like Tommy Cooper, who I I grew up
0: watching. I had a funny feeling you'd say that because you, in many, in in certain instances, you remind me of him. Probably the Fez that did it, I think.
2: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I just think Tommy Cooper has got a face that makes people laugh without him saying much. And I think that would be very photogenic. He is very photogenic, I'm sure. So, um Yes, I, I, yeah. Tommy Cooper and Bill Hicks, we're complete opposite of each other. Yeah.
0: I mean, many of us have died on stage, but not in the way that Tommy Cooper did it. I mean, it's hot, hot, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? But it's very sad. But but you know, very maybe. sad.
2: Yeah. Be like be like Ian Cognito as well. Incognito. Um, is that what died happened? On did he? I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. He, Ian Cognito
0: had a heart attack on stage. Yeah, wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I if... got him though.
0: Oh, you got him. Good, good. Yeah. Um, look, thank you so much, Steve. It's wonderful. I, it, it was great catching up with you anyway uh, yesterday. I'm going to go out and buy the Sunday Express because you're in it, but um, I've also um, would like it to might say... Be
2: Sunday, it might be Sunday week now. I've been talking to my PR people, Fair but right. yeah, yeah. Don't go on, uh, out, sorry. <laughs> but
0: SteveBest.com, SteveBest.com, you can't miss that. Buy the book. It's wonderful. Put it on your coffee table. Invite the neighbours around. You'll, you'll be the talk of the street. Steve, love you lots, and uh, we'll see you soon, hopefully. Yeah, cheers, man. Cheers. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. The Sunday Miller. You wouldn't have to listen to this nonsense if you were in church. I don't know if you saw this in the news, but on Friday, two
0: young just-stop oil activists threw the contents of two cans of tomato soup over Van Gogh's masterpiece Sunflowers at the National Gallery. It was Heinz, just in case you were worried that the painting, which has an estimated value of £72.5 million, might be damaged by a supermarket-owned brand. The women, I say that, they looked about 13 years old with those archetypal, whiny, petulant teenager faces, walked into a room at the gallery in Trafalgar Square, having somehow managed to get the soup cans through the metal detectors. And then they appeared to glue one hand each to the wall below the painting before one shouted, "'What's worth more, art or life? Is it worth more than food?' Worth more than justice, gasps and exclamations of oh my gosh and security rang out from onlookers as the suit hit the painting. I'm never quite sure how anyone's supposed to fathom what it means by just stop oil, or in this case, presumably, just stop oil paintings. Yeah, bloody Van Gogh, are you hearing this? Oh yes, sorry, probably not very well on your left side. Um, I hope when their mums drove them up to the National Gallery in their four by fours, they reminded them why we don't really need oil. Apart from for our cars and ambulances and buses and trains or, and medical supplies and for clothing and contact lenses and cosmetics and paint and upholstery and carpets, computer hardware and, and those electric scooters that allow petulant, ill-informed, virtue signaling, scrawny little uni students like these two to never have to stop at traffic lights. <laughs>
1: It's the Sunday Miller.
0: I don't know if you ever use Quora, the social media platform that seems to be specific to journalists and very literate contributors, which is probably why I don't write for it. Um, I found myself subscribed quite by accident, and you seem to get sent by email articles specific to your areas of interest. In my case, Putin and the Beatles. Now, there's a supergroup that makes the travelling Wilbur sound a bit shabby. Um, in the 60s, it wasn't unusual for pop groups to be named in that fashion with the lead singer in the titular pride of place, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Cliff Richard and the Shadows, Christine Keeler and the Tory ministers. Oh, oh no, no, sorry, that's something quite different. Um, as they used to say about the Tory cabinet and a particular low-priced furniture company, one screw in the wrong place
1: and the whole cabinet falls apart. The Sunday Miller. Half an hour of your life you'll never
0: get back. There's a, a quiz show in the UK, and I, I'm explaining this for the benefit of our Belgian audience, who we've established are quite enthusiastic listeners. Nick Miller is very fun with his topical comedy about their prime minister, Boris Churchill. I know they don't actually talk like that in Belgium land. I'm just doing it to wind up the British-Belgian society. There probably is one. So anyway, in this country, there's a quiz show called House of Games presented by a seven-foot-tall crime writer called Richard Osman. You remember him? He was originally in the band with his brothers, Alan, Wayne, Donnie and Jimmy. Uh, and one of the rounds is called Answer Smash, and the premise is that you have a written clue and a picture clue, and you have to join up the answer to the written clue with the answer to the picture clue, and you get an answer smash. So try, try to think of an example. Try this. The spoken clue, say, would be a large semi-aquatic na- uh, mammal native to sub-Saharan Africa, and then the picture clue would be a pot of a strongly-flavoured yellow condiment. Anybody? Uh, it's hippopotamus and mustard, so it's mustard. Get it? Anyway, the question was, what is the name of the cartoon character who is the uncle of Huey, Dewey and Louie, and the picture was of a bird that you'd normally see on a pond, but roasted and covered with an orange sauce. So I shouted at my television, Donald Duck a l'orange, which was, which was the right answer, but I suddenly thought how cruel that sounded. It's like getting rent out to remove Tom and Jerry from your skirting boards. Or reporting Shaggy for animal abuse for making his pets solve crimes and having Scooby-Doo put down at Dog Pound. Or like buying your seven-year-old daughter My Little Pony Abattoir. <laughs>
1: Nick Miller, the face for radio, the voice for a ransom demand.
0: That's it for another week. Don't forget to buy the Sunday Express to read more about my guest Steve Best or go to stevebest.com to have a sneak peek of some of these beautiful photographs of some of the most famous comics in the country. I'm willing to bet your favourites in there. Remember... You may not agree with some of my opinions, but life's all about diversity of opinion. It would be bloody boring if we all agreed on everything, unless you agree with me, in which case, that'd be fine. Uh, I just, of course, in this polarised, divided world, please don't cancel anyone. They may just have a point. I'd like to tell you what's in next week's podcast, but I can't because the news hasn't happened yet. See you next time. The Sunday Miller is written and presented by Nick Miller, with special guests Steve Best and the voice of the balls Alan Dedicote. The Sunday Miller is an ultimate sound and vision production.